This episode of Push Breakaway is brought to you by DoorDash. That's right, DoorDash. I love DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and your incoming emails, you've got plenty to take care of. Don't lie to yourself. Give yourself at least one last thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want pizza? They want tacos? Someone's craving froyo? There's something for everyone at DoorDash. It's super simple. Just go to the DoorDash app. It brings food to your door that you're craving right now. That's it. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with our new, their new, our new, like I'm part of DoorDash. <laughs> new contactless delivery door drop-off setting. DoorDash is great. I use it all the time. We order in on Friday nights. We're like make a date night out of it. We like pick something on DoorDash, like something we've ne- we would never usually eat. Order to the house, chow down with DoorDash. So what you have to do to use DoorDash, super simple. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees for their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BSB. That's $5 off your $0 delivery fees. It's a free delivery. And your first order. And when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BSB, you get $5 off your first order of $50 or more with DoorDash. Code BSB, don't forget. Hey, BSB, some number. Uh, a little bit of a, a change of plans. We were having, uh, we had some other reporters planned for tonight. But instead, we have the illustrious Drew Way of Blue Breakaway, prospect expert, prospect guru. And with the draft coming up and with so many prospects in question right now, who better to have on? Drew, how are you doing? And say hello. I enjoy how you're able to make it sound like it's a good thing that you have me on right now. And <laughs> it's, not a great, that the, it's a great thing. The name brand writer that was supposed to come on, but then some big hockey news happened to distract him from being able to come on. So but no. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm happy to be on and uh, you know, great to talk to you guys as always. Always a, a great time. Gregory, how are you tonight? Oh, we'll see. We'll see. It's still, it's still my bet. My bets are still very early on, so we'll, we'll, I'll, we'll know by the end of this podcast if things are going better or worse. We will, we will, we will figure that out. All right, uh, let's get into the nitty gritty of things. There is some some prospect news, strange here or there, and I'm sure we'll get into the draft. And we still have so many questions about what's going to happen there, Drew. Um, have you been paying attention to all, at all to this Vitaly Kravstov sort of? Uh, what I, I guess we call maybe a resurgence. People people tweeting he's got the third most shots in the league. People saying, you know, three goals in five games. Uh, have you gotten a chance to uh, take take any look at Vitaly Kravstov over the past couple of weeks? Well, this is embarrassing. I, I thought we were, you were bringing me on to talk about Nikola Jokic and the fact that he mm. came back and uh, that Denver is going to be playing the Lakers now in the finals. I mean, um, sorry, Kawhi, not a robot. Doesn't have the clutch gene, turns out. Didn't have it turned on. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, but yeah, it turns out um, Vitaly Kravtsov not bad at hockey. Who mm. who would have ever guessed that uh, you can't write somebody off that quickly? It's strange, you know. The, I, I think uh, the, we'll get to Leah Anderson in a little bit, but I think he put in like some interview he had recently. He's like, people forget I'm 21 years old. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, Leas is 21 years old. He's I'm 10 years his senior, and I'm expecting him to be some sort of magnificent development story just yet. But Vitaly Kravstov seems to be taking the reins so far back in the KHL. Maybe it's the comfort. Maybe it's that. But have you seen anything different in his game, even if it's just Twitter highlights and you're making it up and to appease me? <laughs> I'm not making it up to appease <laughs> you. But, yeah, I mean, he looks comfortable again. It's I mean, it, there's no secret now that when he came over, he placed some unrealistic unrealistic expectations upon himself and when those weren't met he kind of got down about it and you know what if if you want to criticize him for the way he reacted you do you uh i look back into how i was when i was 18 or 19 and i am in no fucking place to criticize someone for reacting poorly but when things don't go their way 
Um, but no, he, he looks comfortable again, and he looks confident again. And I think, like, the biggest thing you notice when you're watching him play, whether it was for the Rangers in preseason or Hartford in the AHL, is he didn't look confident. And Kraftoff's got the type of game where he, he drives play, he pushes the pace, he is, you know, I don't want to say he's got a fancy game, but he's got all the skill in the world. And when his confidence is riding high, he's playing great. And he's confident again and he's comfortable again. And he's looking like the players that the Rangers drafted in the top 10 just two years ago. Drew, you, uh, I'm pretty sure I know the answer here, but I, I, I will just ask the question for the sake of being able to ask the question. <laughs> shoot, shoot. With the fact mm-hmm. that it, it there's a, I would. It's a not zero possibility that the NHL season doesn't start until New Year's Day. It, it's hard to believe the NHL season starting before Christmas at this point. The KHL season usually ends sometime mid-March. Does it mm-hmm. make? Would it make any sense for the Rangers to bring Kravtsov back early? Shouldn't they just let him play the entire season in Russia at this point? I mean, if it doesn't make sense. I, I would say it could make sense if if Kravtsov really wanted to come back and he, you know, if he's the one pushing that, Hey guys, like the NHL season's back up, I'd love to come back and contribute. And if that means, you know, you know, whatever the role is cool, but I want to come back and be ingratiated with the team, and the culture, if he's the one saying he wants to come back then sure, bring him back. But just from, you know, in a vacuum, I'm with you and where it sounds like you're going with this question. Like, let the kid cook over there. He's doing great. He's comfortable. He's building his confidence. I'd let him keep going unless, you know, he specifically is like, I want to come back once the NHL gets started, regardless of the role I'm in. Yeah, I think that's the right play. Um, Mostly because it's all about development, right? I I think, I I guess to follow up on Greg's question here, um, just an overarching question about the New York Rangers. You don't think this year is what they would consider a year that you're looking to compete. Like you're always trying to win the Stanley cup. I don't think they're going to try not to win it. Well, maybe you're not always trying to win the Stanley cup looking at you, Detroit and other teams. Um, but yeah. it seems like this year they're going to try and win, win the cup, but they won't be, you know, what they consider contenders. And that, that makes the case for Kraftstoff staying over there even more. Well, not, not, not to cut Drew off here, but I've, I've heard you say this enough on the podcast, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I think I do. Th- I do think you're mischaracterizing a little bit. It, Go for it. it. It has nothing to do with whether the Rangers think they're ready to compete or not. It just simply has to do with the fact that the Rangers don't have enough winger spots right now for Kravtsov. Not in their top nine. Even if Fast doesn't, if Fast comes back, forget about it. But even if Fast doesn't come back, with Lafreniere coming in, Gauthier needing a bigger role, Kako second year, plus you know the mainstays of Panarin, Buchnevich, and Kreider. Like it, it's not about the Rangers trying to be competitive. It's it's. The natural fact that if Kravtsov comes back, he needs a top-nine role. And as currently constructed, the Rangers don't have a top-nine role for him. That's very fair. Yeah, and and that that's true. I, I would say this. I wouldn't worry about – like, I like Gauthier a lot, but, like, I wouldn't, you know, kill myself trying to make sure he gets a top-nine role if it's at the sacrifice of not giving Kravtsov a top-nine role if he really wants to come back. But and that said, I, I would say, Ryan, to your original question, though, like, my view on the Rangers this year is they'll be that that bubble playoff team that when you're listening to the talking heads talk about them, they'll be like, boy, if the Rangers squeak in, you really don't want to play them in that 2-7 or 1-8 matchup. You know what I mean? That was like, a good uh, that, impression, by that, the way. Kudos. <laughs> right, but you know they'll be that fun, exciting team that can rack up goals and that you know if their goalie gets hot and you know Zabanajad and Panarin and Kako get hot and all these fucking things go right at the same time, 
then they could make some noise. Um, but I don't see them as like a legitimate contender. Um, you know, I, I guess a good way to look at them would be sort of how teams were talking about, you know, Carolina a couple of years ago before they finally cracked into the playoffs where everyone's like, Hey, you know, on paper, these guys are fun and they, they could do something and they're young and exciting and people wouldn't want to face them, but they got a lot to do to actually get there. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of steps to take. Um, something I keep thinking about with Kravstov is if he does develop in this, the way that we're hoping all as Ranger fans, do you think that lessens the chances like, Greg, this goes right to your point, too. We have too many wingers right now, and Bucinevich, you know, his contract is up rather soon. Do you think that they were hoping Kravstov maybe could take his spot? Perhaps. I mean, Jeff Gorton seems like someone to this point who, I mean, obviously he has a little bit of loyalty in the fact that, you know, Mark Stahl, for example, still has a role on this team. Chris Kreider. But he's also shown in the fact, right, no, but Kreider, you can legitimately make the argument still a very good player of course um but like you know he's traded zuccarello he, he, he's made a number of deals where it's clear he's not um you know who's the gm that uh like that lombardi from the king it's not it's clear he's not like lombardi where he's like i'm just going to resign all my guys because i'm a loyal guy and this and that i mean gorton is willing to make moves if he feels like it's going to better his team and so with that as the, you know, the basis to it, I can see him moving Vujinevich if he feels like he's getting a significant piece back to help the team now and in the future. Um, and yeah, maybe if, if, if Kraftsoft's doing really well over there this year, that might make that a little bit easier. But I don't think they're necessarily inherently connected. Um, it, it's really, I think it's, you know, he'll see how the team's doing, his, you know, maybe how the prospects are developing plays a role in it. But I think it's a little bit, uh, you know, it's not quite as clear cut as that. I guess I would say there's a lot of moving pieces that could play into it, I guess is, is what I'd say. Yeah. I'm just disappointed. Jonas Brodine is now off the market. Really, really makes really, really grinds my gears. Let me tell you, I'll say this a lot though, of time on Greg, Jonas Brodine. I, uh, you know, I, obviously I listen to, uh, I mean, listen to, to the most part, every podcast you guys do, but especially when you have the, the twins on and, and I heard you be like, Oh yeah, he's probably gonna get like six or 7 million. And they're like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's only like five. And you were right. So he got that going for you. Yeah. I was going to ask Greg, like, what did <laughs> well, you think I, about the contract? <laughs> I get, well, I just, the contract, I, I always find it interesting. And that's kind of why I asked the twins because Jonas, there's nothing wrong with paying Jonas Brody six to $7 million. It's what he's worth. He's one of the best defensively minded defensemen in the NHL. The guy is a literal black hole. It's almost impossible to score against him. But I've always found it interesting that the only way you get paid in the National Hockey League is if you put up points. And that's just not Brodeen's game. And it's not a bad thing that it's not Brodeen's game. Like the Minnesota Wild are a better team because Jonas Brodeen plays a significant role for their for their team. He could score zero points and that wouldn't impact what he does defensively for them. It just, when they said that he might go for somewhere in the $5 million range, it really, it just, it, it frustrated me to a point where like, what more would you want Jonas Brodeen to do? Well, it seems like the wild are on your side with that, given the contract they just gave them. So it does seem that yeah, way. But the, I, did well, you see, did you see the wild trade today, Drew? Before we go back oh, into the Ranger Eric prospect. Stahl? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Good for the wild. I, don't, I mean, sorry. Good for the Sabres. I mean, I don't know what the fuck the wild to think with that one. Are you on the other yeah. side of that, Greg? Well, I saw the I, – I, I, the thing is, I kind of like Johansson. I think I think a big part of it is the guy just can't stay healthy. So you're making it's, – it's a bet that 
Johansson's going to stay healthy. But then I also saw the report that Bill Guerin has plans to play him at center and he just isn't a center. So it's the more you read into it, the, at first, at first brush, I thought it was, a, I honestly thought it was a fine trade. I, I think if you look at Stahl's numbers this year, you can tell that there is a downward trend going on with him. He's going to be 36 years old next year. The argument for Stahl is he's on one year left and at $3.2 million. It's very both affordable for someone that left. can play middle six. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's both of them, both of them have one year left and Eric Stahl is an undoubtedly better player right, right. now. Right. I, it's you, you only should make that trade if you truly believe that you have two centers that are better than Eric Stahl. And I think it's very clear that the Minnesota Wild at this juncture don't. Now, the report did come out that it sounds like the Wild have something else cooking, something else possibly bigger. Right, but we'll but, wait for the second shoe to drop. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'd like in a vacuum, I don't think you should slam a team for trading. Like, there is a team that could trade that kind of center for that kind of middle six winger that has some upside but can't stay healthy. It's it's just when you look at it from a Minnesota Wild perspective, you have to ask – I think you fairly have to ask some significant questions, which, again, another reason why I wanted to trade with Bill Guerin. Sometimes sometimes the new guys don't really know what they're doing, but he went and signed Jonas Brodeen, so I am once again upset. One thing I I will call back to from that podcast was I did say to uh, one of the twins, and definitely not the one who hates us, by the way – that when 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 we uh, when we were going to see a contract given out for just defensive prowess and you know they said you, in in the past or rather one of them said that's not really been the case but this was the case with Brodine and maybe he is the new trend center for uh maybe that people are starting to pick up on analytics that they are providing and uh yeah. paying accordingly well I, well I don't know about that because Joel Edmonds is yeah, definitely an analytic yeah okay yeah <laughs> 4 million dollar contract but, but, too. what it what it comes down to is this it's it's teams, especially like old school NHL guys, they value defensive defensemen. I mean, if you just look at the way Bob McKenzie's rankings have played out for the 2020 draft here, like there are a lot of defensemen who aren't very good, but because they're big and fucking play defense, allegedly, they're being projected to go in the first round now. Um, NHL teams still value that crap. They're just bad at evaluating. The, the McElrath syndrome? They think that if... Right, exactly. They think if you're big and you hit people, it means you're good at defense. Like, um, no, that that that's not the case in the least. A quick shot at Jacob Truba. Yeah, me. <laughs> well, I think I think the exact quote I saw from uh, someone on TSN who was defending the Edmondson signing by the Canadians today. Uh, they only listed two attributes, and it was that he's he's got size and a winning attitude, and that's why it's a good yep, deal exactly. for the Montreal Canadiens. Right. And it's the typical bullshit. Like, like I'll, I'll pivot again to the 2020 draft here. Like, there's this kid, Tyler Clevin, who he's a defenseman on the U.S. team. And, like, there's there was a big argument on Twitter the other day amongst us prospect nerds about a couple of people saying, oh, scouts say he should go in the first round. Literally, literally the only good things you can say about this player is that he's big. And, you know, because he's been on good teams, you can say he's got a winning attitude or he's tough. But he, he's just not good. And it's just like – astounds me how often this happens where you get these talking heads that are like, oh, you know, another one is this kid, Caden Gould, 
who's, you know, he's a six foot three, you know, close to 200 pound WHL defenseman. And like Bob McKenzie's got him at like 14. And it's like, well, he skates well for a big guy. It's like, yeah, that's literally all he does. So I have him ranked in the 60s, I think. Yeah, we had Corey on on, uh, on Monday, and I was surprised how in-depth he was about certain skills with certain players, um, like hockey sense and skating and such like that. But, well, you know, he was explaining, like, some players have, like, really just one aspect, and that's just not enough to be in the NHL. And I agree with him. Like, you can have tremendous skating, but they're really – if you don't have any of the skill, you don't matter in the league. Like, size and, size and skating, like, just isn't the name of the league anymore. It's, it's speed and skill, really. Uh, oh, I know what you're saying, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you can quibble a bit about – you could say, okay, then why do you like Brett Haddon so much? But I digress. Right. Who? Yeah, he's a man <laughs> rocket. <laughs> I'm not going to get into – I will go ahead and speak I'll for Corey right he, now. He said it himself. The man rocket himself – He's really good at being personable and getting up, uh, going going to people and charming them, and that's exactly what happened with Corey. He called him Brett the entire time. Okay, like he never said happened. They were the first day basis. Yeah, I, and I'll say this to Corey's credit too. He's a phenomenal content producer. The way I think he's second to none in terms of the way he does his draft coverage in terms of how he gives like the baseball grades and puts them in the tiers and clearly labels all the tiers. That stuff's all great. I'll, I disagree with some of this methodology, but hey, that's the fun of it. I think he made the comment on your podcast even that like, if we all agreed, this would, you know, this would be pointless. Like he wouldn't have a job if, every, if there was some set in stone way to do it. It's a good point. Um, Drew, but yeah. Drew uh, to, get, to, get, to pivot back to the New York Rangers, the team uh-huh. we allegedly cover when we're not talking about horse racing or the New York Mets. Well, uh, just going to quickly shout out Steve Cohen again. I don't think he's a sponsor of this podcast, but Steve, if you want to sponsor this podcast, Contact Athletic. by all means. Yeah. Uh, Drew. Let's hope that he doesn't get involved in another SEC scandal, though. And then have you know to what, he, dude? He can if he wants. <laughs> if he wants to buy the Southeastern Conference and run football too, he can. He can do whatever he I wants. I don't care. As long as, as long as long as he saves five billion of his fourteen billion dollars for the New York Mets, I don't care what he does with his life. He can do whatever he wants. He's fine by me. Yeah. Uh, but, Drew, how seriously have you been looking at the Rangers' second first-round draft pick this year? Oh, dude, it's, you... all I've been, it's all I've been doing the last few weeks. I've, but I've, I, I, so even – give me – what do you think the percentage chance is the New York Rangers actually draft at that spot? 50-50. You think it's coin flip? Yeah, and, and I can say that with not firsthand inside knowledge, but – we we all know a few people who know some people in the industry and, and one of them recently was talking about how he's had the discussions with some agents and stuff like that and the Rangers are you know, they're open for business, but they are going in with the mentality of we're making the selection unless a deal is brought to us that we can't say no to. Yeah. I mean I, I keep seeing Seth Jarvis like as like the person they're gonna draft, but it does seem like more and more they're gonna be trading the well I'll say this. We can get. I, I'm happy to talk a little bit about that. Seth, Seth Jarvis is a, is a really good prospect, but he's a winger. And and I'm big on you know you you draft the best position available. And I've, I've spoken with you guys about this. I know Greg, you agree with that. But again, I also preach tiers. And there is a tier that I have Seth Jarvis on with a bunch of centers too, where I'm like, if they're all there, I'd have trouble 
given the way the Rangers prospects so far, going Seth Jarvis over a kid like Maverick Bork, for example, who is a phenomenal center, might he's arguably one of the best playmakers in the entire draft class outside of, you know, the elite elite players. And he, I would, you know, bet my next paycheck, he will translate to be a center um, in the NHL. And he's the kid where, you know, like I said, I, I've done, I, I've spent a lot of time recently well, in a little free time I actually have outside of how busy work's been and looking into like, Hey, who are these options that might be there around 22 for the Rangers and Maverick Bork is the name. I just keep coming back to that. Like, man, if the Rangers can grab him, I'll be so happy. That is a ridiculous hockey name. That is, oh, it's great, that great, is great, high great up there name. on the ridiculous hockey name Bork. meter. It's a good one. I mean, so oh, Maverick. Yeah, Maverick. Yeah, the, Ma- the Maverick part of it is the part where I'm saying, what is what is this? <laughs> Not the Bork? Okay. Um, well, no, because Bork's a traditional. It's like, I don't know. It's like a kid being named Orr, essentially. Like, I expect, I expect there to be 17,000 Orrs and Borks and those type of players in the hockey league. But a first name like Maverick, I can get behind that. You I can talk yeah. myself well, into yeah, that nonsense. I'll say this about Bork too. So, like, like I said, he, he's a phenomenal playmaker. He's a little undersized, so you'll get like your typical grump, grumpy people about him. He's like five ten, like a buck seventy five or something like that. But he's two way player, super smart. He, he will get dirty on the boards and stuff. And like I said, he's just such a smart player and a phenomenal playmaker. Like he, he and he's also one of those guys where if you want to just go down a little bit of a YouTube rabbit hole, like he really pops on those like highlight videos as well. And he, he's a kid that like. I, you know, would get severe, he, he's the prototypical type that would get severely overhyped by by Rangers Twitter really quickly. <laughs> Speaking of overhyped by Rangers Twitter, just say it to me straight. Like Lundell, there's no chance, right? I know. I mean, unless you're going to trade like pretty much your entire draft board to go up and get him, no chance. But for the record, I'd do that. I, I'm big on you know the Rangers have such a deep prospect pool right now. I would literally say it. Pick ten is up on the board, right? And Lundell's still there. I would trade the entire draft board. Obviously, we've already picked Lafreniere, so that's not in here. I'd trade the entire remainder of the draft board to trade up to 10 and get Lundell and walk away with Lundell and Lafreniere in this class. Yeah, we, Drew, we call that the Met method because that's all Brody does. Brody makes three picks, and then he signs overage college seniors because he spent all his money. I'm totally cool with doing that for, for Lundell. And on the flip side, though, I mean, if we're going to go by Bob McKenzie's rankings, which, again, um, you know, he's actually talking to people who have decision-making power in the room, so his ranks tend to be a decent barometer of how the draft might actually go. I mean, he's got Jan Mysak, who I love. It, you know, I have him at 11. He's, he's got him at around 30. I love Mysak, so too. Could, the Rangers really – The Rangers could literally could, – could quite possibly go do something like take – you know, uh, you know, Lafreniere at one and then take Maverick Bork or Jan Mysek at 22. And then in round three, there may be this kid, uh, Zion Niebeck there, who I have at, you know, 15. When I publish my final rankings, I'll probably have him around 17. But Bob McKenzie has him in the 70s going in the third round. That's crazy. That's, but that's like, that's so different than what everyone else has here, right? Like, it, it, hockey boards, no like, really like go around right like they're pretty diverse or rather yeah yeah it's all over the place it's like last year you know last year i kept preaching you guys about pavel dorfiev and uh, it, zion is similar to dorfiev and he's you know he's uh well zion's short dorfiev wasn't short but he's super talented but on the slight side and plays you know overseas so you know god forbid craig but the craig buttons of the world you know take the time of day to actually get to know him better um, but you know, I have him in the mid first round and he, 
So according to Bob uh, McKenzie, might not go to the third round. Dorfiev didn't go into the third round, and, and you know Nebeck might very well be there as well. Um, but there, there's a lot of talent in this class, and you know, like I said, I, I'm cool with just trading the board and come away with Lafreniere and Lundell and call it a day, especially because Lundell could legitimately be the Rangers' third-line center next year. He's that good in that NHL ready. Um, but there's a lot of talent to be had later in this draft as well. So, okay, we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about the Lieber Hayek breaking the possible Henrik Lundqvist retirement news. Okay, be right back. And this episode of Booster's Break was brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. It was sure nice seeing the teams back out there on the gridiron over the weekend, and luckily for us, that was only just week one. There's no better place to get in all the action than DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And to add to the excitement of week two, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head over to the App Store now, because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving it all new users, a chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right, you could place $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you get a cool Benjamin. How could you pass it up? If you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the app now to scout their latest offers. Bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, a sportsbook that goes wherever you are. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the job rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code QUICK when you sign up. To get this can't-miss offer, pick any team during week two, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you get use promo code QUICK during sign-up for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years or older, 21 years or older, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And Hey, this is Craig Custance with The Athletic. My family has, I, I would say, a healthy obsession with water and water bottles. And we all have our own personal, like, giant thing of water that we carry around. My daughter has a, you know, one of those daily planners, and it has check marks for how much water they're drinking. Because we know when you don't get enough water and you're dehydrated, you feel lethargic, you don't feel good. It makes a big difference in your day. And with Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. We're big fans of Liquid IV in our family. When you drink Liquid IV, you have more energetic workouts, you sleep better, but it's better for your immunity, which is super important right now. You just have more energy. So Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. Hey, this is Craig Custis with The Athletic. Maybe you were blessed with a body that you can just pull clothes off the rack and they fit perfectly. But if you're anything like me, every shirt I buy, the arms are too long. Every pair of pants I buy, the legs are too long. I don't have the time or the money really to go and get everything I buy tailored perfectly. So I end up looking like a frumpy sports writer half the time, which isn't great. And I wish it wasn't the case. But the times when I do take the time to buy the things that fit right, you just feel better, right? You're, you're confident. You walk into a room. You don't feel like you're wearing your dad's clothes because the, the sleeves are, are down over your hands. And that's what makes Indochino so great. Indochino suits are great for wedding and for work. And they offer a lot of casual options like shirts, coats, and chinos. And right now, honestly, like that's what I find myself most attracted to. Like I, I recently made a purchase there. Even if like 80% of the press conferences or whatever I'm doing in Zoom, 
you still want to look good. You still want to be professional. You still want things to fit and feel good about yourself. And the way it works is I booked a, some time with a virtual style consultation and took it step by step. And I was even able to personalize it, uh, the dress shirt, threw my initials on there, from the stitching to the collar to what kind of material you want on the inside flap. There's so many ways to personalize it. So with Indochino, you get custom fitted suits, coats, and casual wear at surprisingly affordable prices. And if you are getting married, Indochino is an absolute no-brainer for you and your groomsmen. Forget the -the off-the-rack suits that don't fit different body types. Indochino gives everybody a tailored fit. You order with ease, you get it shipped fast no matter where you live, and with all the ways to customize, you can add a personal touch everyone will be proud to wear without emptying their pockets. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $299 with all customizations included. Visit one of Indochino's showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter the code CRAIG, C-R-A-I-G, at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code CRAIG, to get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more. Listen, I, I think it's important to talk about this because I keep, I saw this on Reddit a few hours ago, but now I've been messaged it a couple of times. Um, this is a total shift, by the way. Lieber Hayek said to some newspaper in uh, in his hometown today uh, that after the Carolina game, Henrik Lundqvist pretty much said goodbye to everybody and that it was his last game and he didn't mm-hmm. know if the Rangers would buy him out or let him play for another team. Um, while Lieber probably should not have said this uh, to the press probably, yeah. uh, without Henrik and, and you know permission or something like that, because uh, obviously he'd like to make it that decision himself or rather make that announcement himself or the Rangers would like to make that announcement. This isn't a surprise, mm-hmm. right? Like we're all, we all kind of saw something like this coming at this point. I'll say this, and this is probably a bad analogy to use, but I don't care. It's the one that's popping to mind. It reminds me, I- I'm fortunate enough where my parents are still happily married, but this situation reminds me of listening to some friends in my teenage years talk about their parents' relationship where it's, it's clear as fucking day they're getting divorced and, and everyone in the world knows they're getting divorced, but it still somehow comes as a surprise to the kid when the actual divorce comes down. And that's kind of how this feels too. I can like confirm. Everyone in the I can world confirm. Knows it's, yeah, it's, it's completely logical for, for the Rangers and Lundqvist to part ways. And me as the kid in this situation, I don't want to admit it. I'm plugging my fingers in my ears, stomping my feet going, no, 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 not going to happen, not going to happen. Um, but yeah, it's, when you think of it just with your brain like it that is most likely what's going to happen and it sucks yeah i I, i'm still like shocked they're going to buy him out like i know that's the option right like you have to you have to do i'll say this i think it's asinine to buy him out with the flat cap and all that like fuck i hang on him for one more year like again we went back to before next year isn't that big of a deal like we're seriously going to buy him out and have to carry that cap hit for uh, you know half that cap hit for another year in a flat cap environment because we we desperately want next year to go better or we desperately want Georgiev, who's an extremely overrated goalie, to be better? Like, I don't get the, the purpose of buying him out. Well, I will, I will say this. And I do think the idea that the Rangers – I get it. It's It would be an empty $1.5 million on their ledger next year that they could simply just – not next uh, – by next year, I mean 2021 – 2022 mm-hmm. like I, I get it it's it's easily avoidable by just not buying out Henrik Lundqvist and just dealing with it for an extra year um I think the the part that I don't 
know gets enough focus is really just the, it's it's always been the Georgiev part of this that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Igor is going to be the guy. We're not we. Yeah. It's there's going to be no pretending that this will ever be some kind of fifty fifty split between Igor and Georgiev. So it, Georgiev I don't care how highly. Well, I not just that, but it, it almost doesn't matter how highly the Rangers value Georgiev. It, he will never be as important as Igor. He'll never be the one. So I don't understand why the Rangers, a team, by the way, historically, during the Henrik Lundqvist years, have just churned out quality backup goalies at a rate that you would think is unsustainable, but they've done it to a point now where it is sustainable. Why do you care who backs up Igor? It's it's you see it with Mitch Korn and you see it with Benoit Lair. When you have really really good goalie coaches, you can accomplish this. The re, the, the actual case for buying out Lundqvist is because it's what Lundqvist would want, and and you want to do right by him. That is that's the legitimate case for buying him out. Is you think it's the right thing to do for him to allow him to walk and get whatever contract he wants with whatever team, and you're still giving him some money. But I. I I think it's asinine to think that the reason for buying him out is Alexander Georgiev, who is at best a good backup goalie. I get it. He flashed really nicely in a few games, but you look at any backup goalie, they all do that. Like he's not, people act like just because the Rangers floated that they wanted the first round pick for him doesn't mean he was ever actually worth that to begin with. No. Yeah. I mean, we've heard rumors that, it was as high as a second. Like, you know, Jeff Gordon was like, no, I need a lot more than that from the Leafs. And I, I still, still feels weird that they might not shop him. But if that's what Henrik wants to go and to get bought out, like more power to him, I think they should do it to treat him right. Because it, like Greg, you said, right. it's, it's Igor's show. Like it definitely is. But like, I don't think if Igor does, if Igor busts, I don't think like Georgiev is the overall solution in the future, right? Like, I don't think like, okay, well, nah, e- nah. Igor busted, so Georgiev can take us to the promised land. Like, he's a good goalie. I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not good. I- Just bikes yeah. on, bikes on my I roof. Mean, <laughs> Sorry about that. I'll say this. While, while whatever the hell that was going on, Sorry. Like, Georgiev, I, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic a bit. Like, mm-hmm. not bad. Like, he's fine. But my point is, like, get out of here with thinking he's good enough to warrant all these conversations we're having about him. He's not, he's not worth this much bandwidth on Rangers, Twitter, Rangers podcast and all like that. He, he's a good backup goalie and he's probably not going to be much more than that at any point in his career. I wonder what team would like, I'm, I'm there will be a team who will sign Henrik Lundqvist. Like let's not beat around the bush here. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I, I don't, I wonder what team would have him as a starter. And it had to be, it'd have to be someone that was competing, right? It's not going to play for the Red Wings. It'd, it'd be a one, a, it, I don't think any team would sign him to be the outright starter. A team would sign him to be like the one, a one B type scenario. Cause there are a lot of teams that have proven like, look at the Bruins and the Islanders that have proven that, you know, you can use a goalie tandem effectively and really, you know, get good results out of that. I wonder if that's what the Rangers are trying to do with Georgie Evan Igor moving forward. Like, Hey, we have a tandem. Playing the hot hand. It's not a tandem, though, because Georgiev isn't nearly as good as just Turkey. Yeah, it's not even close, right? Like, and it and it wasn't it wasn't a tandem when Igor was healthy with the Rangers. Igor was exactly. just starting seventy yeah. percent of the games when it was the two of them. Yeah, uh, it's such a such a weird situation. I, I'm. It was posted like five hours on Reddit ago, and I'm assuming like all of a sudden it just got just started picked up. So I guess it's a real thing now. I don't know why Libor yeah, would say that. I don't, it's not even it's not even a real thing. What what did Libor say that we didn't already know? 
I guess the, the, the only thing the that Lieber could have said that we didn't already know is that Henrik was planning to retire, but he didn't even say that. No, he just said, I guess just said well, goodbye I, to the I guys. Would say that what, well, that's what makes it a little bit more real, I guess, is it's, we've all known that this is likely, but it's probably different hearing. Oh, and Lundqvist acknowledged it all by saying goodbye. That's probably the news piece, but to your point, it still doesn't change the fact that we knew this was the most likely outcome the whole time. Yeah. Just strange. Uh, it's it's a weird end for Henrik Lundqvist, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about this in the future. Um, and any other questions we want to talk prospect wise with with Drew? I, we didn't really touch on Leas Anderson or anybody else today. I don't know if we need to talk about Leas. Like, I don't I mean, know if he's anyone right. else talking about. I'm, about I'm still I'm still very retired from talking about Leas. He's until he shows up in a Ranger uniform. I don't think I have to. I don't think any of us need to spend any more time talking about. Yeah, him. I just, what do you want to hear? I don't know if he's ever coming back. Um, That's the thing. I'm just going to make sarcastic comments about how he's actually good and everyone who's already shit on him and wrote, wrote him off is being silly, so no need to talk about it more. All right. I mean, Corey likes him, so we'll see. Um, I guess that, that's it for prospect-wise. Good. That means he'll be, the, he'll be the next Brett Howden then, right? Yeah. I Brett, Brett gets a bad rap. He's a man rocket. He can get it. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, I was the, I, listen, I was higher than anyone on Brett for years, so I mean, I want to like Brett, but it's uh, – I hope no, I hope I'm Brett comes out and it, fucking <laughs> rips it up this year. I hope he's like a a twenty five goal scorer. He man's third line center just destroys. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll say this. I think Brett Howden is a good example of why the crap. The, you know, there's a certain segment of the population that just says, just play your kids no matter what. Just throw them out there and let them get experience. I think Brett Howden is a good cautionary tale of why that's not always the best case scenario. Yeah, I think so too. All right, Gregory. Anything else before we wrap this up? Uh, no. Okay. True. Okay. Thank you enough for coming on. <laughs> always, always, no, appreciate always happy it. to come on, guys. Thank you. Of course. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Drew's underscore way. And that's it. We'll be back next week. You can follow me at Orion Mead. I won't be on Twitter break till the 28th. And Greg at Blue Shirts Break. And we'll be back uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning. There you go. All right. Love you guys. Bye. It's time to expect more from urgent care, like caregivers who take time to listen, smooth access to local specialty care if you need it, virtual visits and save your spot convenience, plus easy access community locations. And we're open 365 days a year to treat your sprains, cuts, fever, and flu. Northwell Health Go Health Urgent Care. Get more than you expect and exactly what you need. Welcome to a new era in urgent care.